Hello, welcome to the Professional Insights Podcast. Thank you very much for listening and subscribing uh, and sharing and caring because sharing is caring. Uh, we want to thank our uh, sponsors, Brand Boulevard, for helping Thanks, us, um, uh, you know, sponsoring, even though we can't sponsor anything right now, give anybody anything right now because of the virus. Um, my name Thanks, is Greg Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. Josh Bond. And Trevor Lindy. Uh, so just wanted happy to recap. Huh? Happy New Year, happy everybody. New Year. Oh, happy New Year. Yes, happy yeah, New Year. that's hello, right. We're recording 2020 this. and hello 2021. We're Hopefully recording better. this on January 7th, 2021. I'm not a big New Year's resolution kind of a guy. Never really have been. Um, big on the party side of things, like, you know, like to celebrate and what have you. But could it really, like, I'm not, like, I've never been a guy that. Well, just that's take a look like at that. your background. <laughs> yeah, well, Scottish, right, exactly. No, but I mean all the bottles on your shelf. Oh, yeah, that's right, <laughs> on my background, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. said Scottish. Yeah, Scottish, like I said, Scottish. <laughs> um, I hear it kills the virus. Um, <laughs> my whole thing, I guess, but I have never, ever wanted um, something to, a year to end so badly than this one. But is Yet, it better now than it was? Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I've never wanted to close out a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's just one thing I, I, I've just been thinking about, like, when we entered this in, and this is more to Jeff and then to Josh. Um, I was just kind of, like, thinking about it going, like, some industries had some pretty banging years, like a great year, like record-breaking years. Well, second half of the year. Um, so, I guess on the real estate side of things, not, oh yeah, real estate slash building side of things, bridge and quarry. Okay. I'm, I'm doing a, I'm doing a drop. I'm doing a bridge and quarry. You like to build, you like to build quality homes or whatever your tagline is. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to comment on, on that and then over to, to Josh. Yeah. Well, as far as the year, I wouldn't say all of 2020 was an amazing year. It kind of started out like everybody in March 11th. That That's the date I always kind of, pick it with and uh it was just a ghost town for two months nobody moved nobody left everybody was fearful you know well dub it Ru rudy gobert day right rudy gobert day. I, I called the nba shutdown i don't want to give him that much credit for it even though he just got a 200 million dollar contract for 10 points a game uh, but yeah it, it, it kind of goes when when the nba shut down we've talked about it before at that moment it was basically two months of shutdown for real estate as far as our brokerage we weren't sure what's going to happen people were laid off people bunkered down, you know, you got to realize real estate has a lot of the average age in real estate is about 55. So you've got older people that are definitely scared about their health. So they stayed home. Uh, but then March, April, pretty much mid May, it opened back up where we were allowed to start showing houses. We were deemed essential. So we always were, but we were more fearful and nobody knew what was happening. Um, but then the second half of the year, as you know, Josh and Trevor, was just haywire like I just got my numbers for October 1st to December 31st and I had a good year for those three months never mind you know like, <laughs> it was a good year and it was shocking I had to double check it actually but it's just because I, I couldn't keep up like I was stressed out it was it was non-stop and that's just on the real estate standpoint um, but building me as a builder um, because all the GTA people who, you know, are the most fearful of the numbers being most out of hand in Peel and Toronto and York, um, a lot of them are coming down to Niagara. They're cashing out essentially. 
And if you look and drive around Niagara, you just see building everywhere, subdivisions going up and, and public notice sites and construction. And, and to me, I think real estate and building have kind of kept the economy somewhat afloat. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at building, you have so many trades, people that are getting paid, you're getting, you know, uh, um, people on the, the paper trail to kind of getting paid too. And it's just nonstop. And, and real estate had an influx of 19% in Niagara last year. And they're actually predicting 12% in 2021 too. So it's, it's actually come where it's almost unaffordable to buy a house at, at 400,000 and below right now. Like it's, it's trying to find houses. Me and Trevor have a client right now I'm looking for. And literally every house I look at is, is anywhere from five to 15 offers on it. And even houses that have stuff that I don't recommend people buying, I have to say, look, this is what you get for that price now. Like mm-hmm. we're going to have to, to, to make exceptions here and get stuff renovated or repaired in order to do it because anything remotely decent is, is five to 15 offers. And I, I think that will slow down because right now there's no snow on the ground. So it's active. The moment yeah. you get that snow dump, which everyone thinks, Oh, we're going to get away this year. We're not going to get away with it. It's going to happen near the end of January, early February. You'll have three to four weeks of snow on the ground and you will see a pause in the market. Now, you know, it may, maybe not because I'm telling my clients that's the time to strike. If we can, I have to get out there, put my boots on and get working. Um, but, but March, April for me, hang on to your shoes. It's going to be even crazier than the last quarter of 2020. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, I don't, I don't, I don't. Well, well, it's, kind of funny. it's kind of funny you say that because I remember when the GDP numbers came out, uh, I want to say towards the end of 2016, um, you, you know, the, the provincial government of Ontario at the time released like something like 2.8% GDP growth, 3.2% GDP growth, something ridiculous. A third of that came from construction. Yeah. So like when you stripped out construction, like you were literally taking out about 1.2% GDP growth. I mean, and, and I always say this to everyone, uh, you're, you're, you're not exaggerating at all. If you've never bought a house forget about building a house if you've never bought a house you have you can once you do you fully understand the economic impact that a house a a house purchase has and the spiraling off effects that it has i mean you're moving trucks you're all your you know your lenders all the other businesses connected all the, to like lawyers realtors your mortgage brokers your lawyers like title search all of that stuff it, it, it's insanity then mm-hmm. if you build on top of that oh my god like you have i don't know how many contractors on 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 average on a house like it's insane so yeah it does now josh like how is your year uh, well, see, you know, being a lawyer, you, you know, you guys struggle from time to time being a lawyer. So not, you know, struggling, making ends meet. So how did you, how did the lawyers do this year? Um, Josh, um, it, it was a really weird year. Um, it was a really odd year. Um, I mean, our, our, our first quarter was really strong. Strongest first quarter I've had in my 18 year career. Then this thing happened and we carried decent volume for March and April, but you have to understand, and I've said this before on here, if Jeff is slow in March, April, beginning of May, there's a 
six week to about an eight week lag before I get slow. Right. So my slowdown was predominantly in May, June. Yeah. And June is historically our busiest month. Right. And we had, I would say, maybe 60% of our volume, maybe 65. And we, we did okay, right? Because, I mean, we've got a lot of, we work with a lot of good agents, a lot of good lenders, uh, Trevor, Jeff included in that, right? Um, so they, you know, still stuff coming in amidst what we were dealing with. But then July hit, and I mean, our volume spiked almost 100% relative to what we were accustomed to right so it was literally like the tap went on full blast and we were just holding on and you know what i mean and just plowing through everything and business has done so differently then too right like it's 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 yeah. tougher for the meeting generally you have to do zoom signings and stuff like that and, and yeah. for me as a real estate agent i just thought it today again we have a i have a house closing tomorrow a listing you didn't get it, it was another i tried um but i have to put the lock box on there just so that the owners can take the key out. And then as soon as they take the key out, I have to, to run over there and take it off right away because they no longer want to be bothered with the lockbox on. Yep. Right. So that, yep. that's, that's a COVID kind of thing that they have to do. So there's all these little nuances that have been added from COVID, which, which will be funny looking back on it five, 10 years. And, and don't, I don't mean funny because there's a lot of people no. losing their lives and all. It's the quirks. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's like right? you've seen them. Like it's now looking back, I don't know if you've ever watched a, a TV show called Superstore really funny no anyways they didn't have they're starting to record shows right now during covid right so you see it reflecting in tv because actors are back to work and they show stuff where everyone's got the longer hair you know or because nobody can get the haircuts <laughs> and they got all the masks on the ground and stuff like that and and you know when you get one worker going to the other worker and they're they're closer than six feet and one person whoa 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 get back you know six feet and you know all those little quirks that that we're we're learning how to live with right now especially when you go to the store and you're six feet apart waiting in line you know it's 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 kind of neat because you'll look back and hopefully everything will be good and you'll get back through it and say do you remember those days how crazy it was living through the pandemic and the same quirks happen in, in real estate and law you know like it's it's, yep. it's crazy yeah we saw we saw everybody virtually for a period of four to six weeks and that was catastrophic I suppose right because you've got to imagine. For the layperson who's of moderate age and somewhat technologically savvy, not so bad. But a lot of people selling houses or retirees in their 70s, 80s, people in uh, old age homes, have tra- you know what I mean? So some of them well, were okay, but then... A crazy example of that is I had a, a buyer from Peterborough who wanted to come down and buy during this. They wanted to get out of Peterborough, come to Niagara, and they literally couldn't make the drive down without having to stop somewhere to pee. And there was no place that was open to let them pee. So they're like, I can't make the drive. (laughs) For a guy, it would be no problem stopping the side of the road, whatever. But from a a female, you know, she's like, I can't make the drive down. We'll have to wait until I can make the drive. That's a two and a half hour, three hour drive. So I can go to, you know, Tim Hortons, whatever. Right. A bathroom. And my wife went the other day and Tim Hortons wasn't allowed to, she was allowed to go to the bathroom there. So that's happening again right now. Yep. She's not from far enough up north because the northern girls they learn the PE standing up <laughs> young. <laughs> oh, there's, there's there's girls down here that do it too. I'm not going to name any names, but they'll do it. But you know those those are the difficulties there. But the yeah. difficulties when you've got double business going on and working through that too. It's 
severe burnout. Like I was burnt out by Christmas, like completely. And it was nice because Christmas shut down pretty much, but like it's and bad. Now we're in a lockdown. Well, what's uh so what are we foreseeing? What what are they calling for for 2021? I'll first go to Jeff and then I'll go to um uh Josh on that one because there's you know that you said oh, before you get we before we get into it, I just want to make a comment that for some reason 2020 was a banner year for us. Oh, for me, I broke my housing I, friendly recession. That's what a lot of economists are saying. Yeah. Right. We we were in a housing friendly recession for some reason, the housing market just, and, and all those closely connected to it just kept ticking along and, you know, mind you again, if you increase. look at your numbers, yeah, increase. Well, but, but, right? but people look at the numbers and, and the real estate market went up 19% in 2020, hmm. 19% on an average house price of $500,000. Right. Yeah, like most people made a hundred grand over the year, and they're predicting twelve percent. So I think people are looking back and thinking, "Oh my God, there's a lot of money to be made in real estate." You know, thirty-one percent over two years is what they're predicting right now, because twelve percent going up in in twenty twenty-one. That might even be modest. I don't know. I, it's hard to believe that it can sustain this because, like, what you get for four hundred thousand dollars right now, you'd be disgusted looking at it. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Never saying that, but. And I'm telling people still, like, if you get that, you're, you're, you're doing okay. Ahead. You got to get in the market. And the problem with the buyers today is they want that almost brand new house. Yeah. $400,000. You can't get that. No. Get a semi. From, like, but from, but 400000 you're looking at crawl space houses, knob and tube wiring. So 12, 12, so 12% growth on average for the province of Ontario is what they're calling for? For for yeah, for, well, for Niagara is what they're stating for Niagara, Niagara specifically. What about our cottage? Products? Our cottage. We're understanding from what our association is saying. Went up the properties in Meaford sixty eight percent. Oh my, my god. god! Wow. Well, and you look at calling what our Blue Mountain one. We've gone up substantially. Like we bought it at fifty, I think, a year and a half ago, and same same unit that was not as updated as ours was selling for six fifty. You know, I like bet that, you even more, Jeff. Well, it's crazy though because we're gonna eat everything in January, which was the hot season for for ski season, right? You yeah. can't rent those. So eight eight thousand nine thousand dollars in income shot that, but we're making ten thousand dollars a month on on equity. Right now. Like it's like whatever, ride it out. You know what are you gonna do? Like we're gonna cost a bit right there. But but as far as the forecast for for twenty twenty one, twelve percent is what they're saying right now. We'll see. You know, a lot of times they might be under forecasting, over forecasting. My prediction is that it's busy right now because there's no snow. I think snow is going to hit and it's going to slow down the GTA market from coming down, which will allow some Niagara people to buy, but there's not much inventory, which is still the reason it's going up quite a bit because everything on the market goes multiple offers. As far as building, my career in building, we've closed and completed 12 houses so far in four years of doing it. We have to do 13 houses completed, moved in in 2021 alone. That's what we have in the books right now. So that's what we've got to complete. We're also looking at 15 townhouses that we want to take on for 2021. So there's potential to have started and potentially completed 28 houses where in four years prior, we've done 12. That's how this scale's going for it. Now, my concern is when you look around Niagara, Buildings abundant right now. 
Okay, but mm -hmm. most builders, when they do it, they do it in phases because they get financing for phases, right? So right. you'll sell at phase one, and then you go to phase two. Phase two goes up in price. You sell at phase two, you go to phase three, that goes up in price, right? But if you drive around, because I am looking for land everywhere, and I think the thing that's the most difficult is everyone says, well, I want to build. I, I, got, I got 50 clients looking for land that they want to build on right now. But when the lot hits MLS, gone. 20% overpriced from the value. And this is the problem because people are saying, well, I want to build a house and blah, 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 blah. If you're paying 300000 for a modest lot right now, right. from a builder's standpoint, you're going to have to build a million-dollar house to make a profit of 10 to 15% off that to run your business. Otherwise, the numbers don't make sense because you can't buy a $300,000 lot, pay $50,000 for a permit. Right. No, and then build a house for two hundred thousand dollars. It it doesn't make sense, especially in the climate it's in right now, because most people know about this right now or have heard about it. Trusses have gone up fifty percent. Yeah, lumber's gone up. Uh, windows have gone up. Windows. A lot of windows around Niagara come from the states. The glass, not the vinyl parts, but the glass. Getting them over the border right now is a nightmare. Backed up two three months. You back up stuff and you want it still. Guess what? Price goes up. Price goes up. So that modest house that, for example, us, we're building for $500,000. We closed one with you, Josh. We had uh, clients from Fort Erie, Alex and uh, Tatiana, and they bought a house. They bought for $500,000. That same house now to build the exact same thing as a builder, you gotta, you got to charge $600,000 for it. To make so 20 just, because of the, just because of the, the increase on exp uh, um, supplies. Increase on supplies and all that stuff, wow. yeah. Because you're looking your at contractors, everything probably is more in demand, right? Trusses, windows, shingles, everything. All these people are getting paid in that. Our profit margin actually goes down because our cost increases, same amount of money of potentially we're making. Like they, well, they especially especially when you've especially when you've signed a contract, right? And you would have signed a contract, let's say a couple months ago. Right. And so you're, 12 months, 12 you're, months you're, earlier. yeah, you're, you're, you're locking in, you're locking in pricing and yeah. these economic situations, which Trevor and I are going to get into probably in the next episode on interest rates and supply and what have you supply of money. Um, you know, it's just driving up costs and then you, you still have to eat it. There's no, you can't move. Oh, you can't turn around we, to someone and go about $25,000 on that house because we locked in a year earlier on it. And, and a lot of builder contracts have an escalator clause in there. In yes, they do. You know, it so is. if trust goes up, sorry, guess what? That, that house you thought you're buying for seven twenty five, which is an average house price for a new build for family these days, you're going to pay seven fifty. Well, so then this, and then just so we don't go over uh, a time, but I mean, we are, pro, uh, we're at 20 minutes now, but still like I want to kind of in that case then, and maybe this is also a Trevor's uh, question as well. You have that escalator. You've been pre-approved for a five hundred thousand dollar home after five percent, you know, you know, five percent down. Um, you know, you're left with let's say a four hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage or whatever the case may be. Um, how do you then turn around? And not all builders would do that. How do you then say, uh, your house is now worth six hundred thousand because of all these these increases, and we have the escalator clause? Well, now you need to have at least a $30,000 down payment, not a $25,000 one. And your mortgage is now five seventy, dollars not, you know, four, uh, $475. Would that be um, more than payment to go 
if the numbers work, right? It comes down to it. If the numbers work, otherwise, yeah, that person might be out of pocket, potentially in breach of contract, unable to close because but if we've got it. a contract when they're signing it, Josh would look over a contract for people like that. A lot of times they have lawyer approval on that. And sure. Say, Here's your escalator clause. You could go up 20% in material costs. That's not in labor typically. Labor usually stays about the same. They do right. it a little bit. Yeah, but materials are what go up quite a bit, you know, and and, and it's permits too that they can change too. Like it's, it's crazy. People just think that we're making more money as a builder. No, it's just more costs that we're incurring in most cases. Yeah, you know? yeah. Builders are going to say, "Hey, the difference for us, the way we look at it, we're providing the land, so we don't do an escalator clause." You said, "Hey, Jeff, I've got this piece of land here. I want you to build for us. We're hiring you to contract the house out." We say, "Well, that's fine. Escalator clause going in there." And then there's another clause that you can add in there because if you're digging the foundation, a lot of times you have no idea what's down in, in the dirt until you get down there. It could be yeah. an underground river or something like that. You know, so you got to be careful for that because the way we have our contracts right now, because we provide the land, we eat that as bridging court. Okay, which which when you eat it, it's not like, oh, there's a hundred bucks out of your pocket, it's 10, 15, 20 grand that you're eating, you know. So it's you're like, woo, you know, like. <laughs> but there, there is, there is a clause that you can build in. You can as well. Up that clause too, and they could say, "Well, we don't want to do that." You say, "Well, okay, have a good day." Yeah. So it depends. Are you still making money off it? Or are Are you willing to grow that brand? You know, we kind of had a, a gun to our head to get all our our lots sold and done, which we're pretty much at that right now, so it's no problem. So we looked at short term pain for long term gain. You know, it was, it's like, are we still making money? We are. Are we growing our business? We are. Are we learning from it? Oh yeah, we're learning because the only way you learn in life, really, in my opinion, is when you incur financial loss or emotional loss, right? Those are the things that stick in your brain the most. But when you, when you eat 15 grand on trusses that you didn't think, because, you know, let's not get, you know, a pandemic hit. Nobody's expecting that. Sure. And, and I'm not going to cry boo-hoo because for me, the second half of the year was very lucrative. You know, so if I had to lose some money and to be honest, my clients gained, they went way ahead. They made a hundred grand before they moved in on a lot of them, you know, maybe 50 grand, 75 grand. I'm happy for you. Great. Yeah. Awesome. As long as you're making my... points, right? Well, I'm making money, but you know what? Yeah. What better way to get referrals and stuff to have happy clients? I was going to say that that's well, a they, huge they, part they of it. Right? Said, well, we'll buy this too. I said, well, you're not getting the same price. So that's <laughs> great that you're happy. You're not getting the same price. Well, well they can't. No, you can't. No, sorry. Different time, different contracts. Time has passed. Cost well, has gone up. The same house they bought for six hundred thousand dollars now that they got for five hundred. Yep. And it, it, we're not making any more money. That's what people don't see. Yeah, that's right. You know, so so for me for twenty twenty one, I think it's going to be March before it kicks off because I think February just be the most gloomy year, month we're going to have in a long time. People will be stuck in their house. Like, where are you going to go for a drive around when there's snow, like two feet on the ground? Probably not. Maybe it's a mild winter, but it usually isn't. And then I think when the shackles come off from the weather constraints and we start opening up because the vaccine's trickling in a bit more and people feel comfortable because they can be outside again, it's going to be, oh my God, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. I think until when kids got to go back to school again, because they're going to say, well, you know, what are the numbers like now? How many vaccinations do we have now? That's, it's going to follow that. But March, April, like gear up, like it's going to be crazy right. for, for real estate. And, and it's going to get to a point where it is unaffordable mm-hmm. for some buyers out there. And then I think personally that you're going to see tandem buyers where you might see two couples buying together 
you know, just to kind of gain some equity so they can get into the market. Because as long as you're in the market, you're doing good. Well, that's what I said. I suggested that to a client the other day. And she's like, you know, like how I'm going to, you know, I'm saving and this, that, and the other thing, you know, I'm three to five years out. And I'm like, well, all right, well, better go and talk to a mortgage broker. And, you know, obviously I dropped Trevor's name and I go, make sure you understand what you can and cannot qualify for and what your credit looks like and all that stuff. And I just basically said, don't, she, she's, she's single. She has no kids, no partner, no nothing. And I just said, find a friend and just go in on a tandem buy. Well, it kind of gets messy. I'm like, well, six, you know, what's going to be messy is if you're saving up for a $500,000 house and in three years time, that same house is worth 700,000. That's going to be a lot more messier. So you know what? The beauty of it is your joint tenants in common when you buy it with another person, if there's a dissolution in, in the partnership and the relationship of, in, in any capacity, it's, it's written in the contract. You're 50-50. It, yeah. it, you don't, right? Like you can sell your share to anyone that you want to sell to. So um, I've had that conversation with a, a handful of, of clients where they are, you know, single income, no kid. And just trying to get into the housing market and they're, they're, they're being prohibited because their income isn't enough or they don't have this, the, the enough, enough money to put down on a property. So I'm saying, Hey, do you have any friends that you can buy a house with? Right. You know, and please don't go into it lightly though. Right. When I make that comment, I'm telling people, you've got to be prepared, you know, form a cohabitation agreement with that person. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Make sure you do your homework. Make sure you and the partner that you're buying with have an established uh, position and goal. Right. So that they can achieve it together. Otherwise, they may never get in at the rate we're going. Like, like my, my tagline for buyers right now is, look, guys, you're going to have to big borrow or steal any way you can to find out a way to get a house. Because every year you're trying to buy a house that you're waiting right now, it's going up. It's yep. going up 10 percent what you're going to have to do to it. So if you can somehow scrounge together, cohabitate, look, you know, open-minded to get it a year from now, you're gonna be so much farther ahead than you were if you didn't buy something. So, and to, to close out, to close out this, this, you know, if I were to have gotten uh, just to ask from your, I I don't, I don't want to go into cost. I I just want to go into ballpark. If I got my house appraised in March by a third party appraiser through the bank, for mortgage yeah. reasons, I, I, am I to assume that I probably went up by another twenty points from that appraisal in in March? I would make sure you check it out for each house. You're gonna be specific for it, but that's what they're saying on average right now. You should be somewhere around that. Yeah. Wow. You're gonna have that, the, the larger lift is gonna be yeah. The the larger lift is gonna be sub five hundred. Yes, of course. And then you know five hundred to say six six fifty, maybe even seven fifty is gonna be another percentage. Like, like right. I, I had a buyer who just, be a client of yours, um, Bond, who, who just got the stuff you saw, you answered the email, and she came down here, and we were looking for $800,000 houses in Fun Hill. Yep. True story. Nothing. Nothing at all. So me as an agent, I had to go scrounging through the expired and suspended and canceled and, you know, looking for pocket listings. And we had a client or, or another agent that I work with that said, hey, we had something we never sold before. Let's take a look at it, right? It was five doors down from a house we just lost out on. I actually personally liked it better. They couldn't sell. They were disheartened. I told my clients, I said, look, like this this is what we just missed out on. This is what they're telling us. Take this damn thing. It's not in the market. Let's grab it. And we got it. But then we had to have a relocation clause on it because it's 
so easy to sell right now. It's ridiculous. It's a seller's market, an extreme one. But when you got to buy, what can you do? So people want to put a relocation clause in there. So they had two weeks during Christmas to find something. And they were looking for $1.2 million in Font Hill area with a pool. <laughs> and do you think it'd be super easy to find? Should be no problem, right? Nothing out there. Everything that came was, was, was multiple offers. So the other agent was like, my people needed a place to live. They were living in a basement. They came here from Washington. Right. So they were, they were living in a basement at a family and running their businesses from home. And you guys are running your business from home in whole houses. Imagine doing the basement. with Yeah, your kids. I, I can't, awesome. I can't No, and These are, 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 you know, successful business people. They're trying to do it. And just, it can't happen. Right. So I told the other agent, I said, look, go surfing through the expired and canceled and suspended ones. We have access to that. We don't approach the seller. We're not allowed to do that, but we can approach the agent who had it listed before who can call them and say, Hey, would you be open-minded about selling that? And then sure enough, during the Christmas break, we, I firmed my first house this year, January 1st in the afternoon. <laughs> and that's an omen for this year, as far as I'm concerned. I've never, ever firmed a deal. Normally I'm laying on the couch on, on, on New Year's day, right? You know, it's, it's usually trying to survive a little hungover, whatever. And, and we didn't drink anything. This year. We stayed in and played, played board games with the kids. Mm-hmm. But my omen for, for this year on January 1st was I firmed my first deal. Nice. And they're going to be close with it. But, but, you know, you talk to an agent, you can look for different options, pocket listings, you can market through social media and all that stuff, but you're going to have to be open-minded if you're a buyer this year, if you're a seller, you're laughing. But if you're a seller who has to buy, make sure you buy before you sell. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to put some people in some weird situations because we had to extend that relocation class for 14 days to another, another eight days just to get it done. Because my people were like, look, if we can't get this house, we got to look for something else. And the sellers didn't want to lose the sale they had in their house. So we made it happen. Great agent that worked with me, and, and it, it worked. But you're going to be have to get creative out there. It's going to be really tough, I think, on new agents out there. Because they're yep. going to have to compete with, with, with experienced agents who have done it. But if they're selling, they'll do a great job. But if they're buying, it's going to be real tough. Because it's going to be multiple offers you miss out on. Oh, my God. Hold on to your socks. 2021 is going to be a wild ride too. Yeah. And the vacation is going to be in the backyard. So everybody's getting pools too. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much guys. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, thanks very much for listening again. Thanks for our uh, 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 sponsors, Brand Boulevard. Uh, and to everyone that's for subscribing and listening and sharing thanks and caring. Sharing and caring. Um, anyway, uh, podcasts are, are heard. They're all available there. Help us help you stay informed. That's perfect. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do 
did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.